Well, the federal budget last night showed one thing. Australia is in a better fiscal position than most. Take the US, for example, where the clock is ticking on the debt ceiling, which could be reached at the very start of next month. And there will be talks ad nauseum before that, of course. China's trade data was a surprise yesterday, worse than expected. And the ECB have been out in full hawkish mode. But the number that everyone cares about today is US inflation. It is Wednesday, the 10th of May, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So the US dollar is a little higher again. It's up to 101.6 on the DXY index. It's still about 3.4% down on its recent peak in early March. But back around levels it was in April last year. The Aussie has fallen 0.2% down to 67.6. The euro also down 0.3%. The pound is marginally up. And small moves in bond yields. 10-year treasury is up just two basis points. Just three for German bunds, 10-year bunds, and across most of Europe as well. 10-year gilts, though, pushing 7 basis points higher. Two-year gilts uh, started uh, the session at 3.78% and then rose over nine basis points before dropping a couple. So quite a bit of movement there ahead of the Bank of England tomorrow. Uh, the stock market down 0.6% off for the NASDAQ at close, almost half percent off for the S&P 500, and 0.2% fall in the Dow. Down in Europe as well, 0.6% uh, off the Eurostox 50 and the CAC 40. The DAX, interestingly, marginally up. You might have thought otherwise, given that we saw big falls in Chinese equities yesterday, like the CSI 300 down 0.9%, Hang Seng down 2.1%. 1%, and some of that will have been because of weaker trade numbers from China, which we'll come on to today. You would have thought Germany might respond to that, but maybe not. The oil up a bit, 0.4% uh, up for Brent, 0.6% for WTI when it comes to price, both of them still languishing in the 70s. I remember languishing in the, in the 70s, in the flared trousers, the cheesecloth shirts of the 70s. You know what? Someone who's still wearing that garb. Nab's Dave DeGarris, uh, he joined, joins us today. The 70s, Dave, do you, you remember it well? I should imagine. What, what what were you listening to in the 70s then, Dave? A bit of the Rolling Stones? A lot of Australian music. Daddy Cool. Bit before before your time. Well, Phil. yeah, no, no, no. Well, I love Stevie Wright. That was seventies, wasn't there it? There you go. Yeah, there you go. Easy Australian, beats, Evie, Australian yeah. rock and roll, and of course a big dose of Beatles and all that British music and all yeah. that stuff. Well, all the Beatles were over by the seventies, of course. Anyway, now look, let's uh, the Chinese uh, stocks fell. Uh, and, I mean, maybe this is part of the weakness in the Aussie dollar as well, perhaps. We saw this big mm. fall in uh, China's imports, 7.9% year-on-year mm. last month. Mm. The prediction was a 0.2% contraction. Exports grew up 8.5%. Uh, so what's going on? It's as though they are selling, not just buying. Although, of course, there's base effects in all of this, isn't there? There are big base effects, particularly with the uh, Shanghai lockdown a year earlier, mm. Phil. So, I mean, that may have affected the the export figure, you know, for activity, uh, manufacturing and so forth. As far as the, um, the imports are concerned, we know that, you know, the service sector has rebounded much stronger than manufacturing even in China at this stage. So maybe that reflects the... Um, mm. The, the imports figure a little bit at this stage, but these numbers do bounce around quite a lot, right? So I'm always careful about reading too much into those, to be it's quite honest. Figure. All right. Mm. Well, let's look at the uh, the budget last night. So uh, $9.5 billion in welfare increases, more for Medicare bulk billing, $3 billion for uh, mm. energy discounts. So has Jim Chalmers trodden that, that careful, that fine line between helping out those who need it and mm. splashing too much cash in a way that could be inflationary. Has he got it right, do you think? Well, I think the first the first point 
to say is that the economy has delivered a big improve, a huge improvement in the budget bottom mm. line, hasn't it? From what thirty-seven yeah, billion last October was budget was the budget then, and uh, we're looking at what a four billion surplus now. So it's a forty-one billion dollar turnaround, courtesy of the of the strong economy, pretty much. Phil, so in a, in a way that New Zealand hasn't delivered. It's, Correct. It's, it's, I'm surprised we're not actually seeing uh, more of a reaction in the uh, the Kiwi Aussie cross. Yes, today. and that, maybe that tells us something about the stance of monetary policy over there too, Phil. But um, mm. that's another conversation. But um, yeah, as you, as you said, um, the giveaways, and of course, the narrative was pretty clear going into this budget. The the, the numbers themselves were trailed in the press. So none of that is, is a surprise. The question is, I guess, which you raise is uh, all well-intentioned support for struggling households with the cost of living. Uh, is it material enough to affect the uh, the inflation outlook? And it's one of the, It's always been one of those difficult areas to pin down, hasn't it? You know whether it's enough. So you know if you look at, dig into the budget papers, you see that the policy changes is going to add something like half a percent of GDP to to in back into the economy and another 0.2% the year after in so that's 23-24 and 24-25 so is that enough for the RBA well it's certainly not holding the economy back is it and um, it, the economy would be weaker but for that support and, and uh, families and households would be struggling further so Maybe it won't affect the uh, the, the the RBA decisions, but it, it's it's getting into that interesting area, isn't it, where it's uh, adding into the economy when you could say that maybe fiscal and monetary policy should be working together here. Yeah, ideally, uh, but it's ideally it seems everywhere in the world though. You know, we are still outspending, aren't we? So uh, Japan, for example, well, actually. They are any, well, perhaps the exception to what I just said. Let me just argue against myself in one <laughs> sentence. Uh, but I mean, if you look elsewhere, it's certainly not the case. I mean, UK, they, they had their retail consortium numbers for shopping up 5.2% year on year. So there's a, there's, there's mm. an example. But Japan, yeah. interestingly, cash earnings are rising. Household spending is falling down 0.8% month on month in March. Uh, that's 1.9% yes. over the year. So a very different behavior to many other parts of the world where we, we are literally shopping till we drop. They are much more cautious, Clearly, as though they are saving for a rainy day, perhaps. And and in, and and in fact, Phil, they still have inflation of what around three percent. So real mm. spending is is going backwards there as well. So there are cost of living issues even in Japan as we speak. So uh, the ECB, they've been out in force. Uh, <laughs> their chief economist Philip Lane. Uh, I went to the ECB website to, to hear what yes. he had to say overnight. And it's a fun place to go. It's a, well, you know, if everyone's you know got a bit of spare time on my hands. Uh, I've tried to get the family involved; they're not interested. But um, so his speech isn't there; just the slides, twenty of them, at least two graphs on each slide. One of them's got yes. six graphs on the one page. Yes, uh, but I think the gist of what he's saying is that inflation is going to is is going to slow down, but not in a hurry. Uh, and a big part of it is going to be corporate fr- profits when they uh, when they start to slide. When they say not in a hurry, one of his graphs is is really showing that the fall in inflation. I just wonder how credible this is. I mean, we're, all central banks are saying pretty similar, mm. but the fall in inflation, you know, the gradient down is almost as strong as the gra- gradient yes. up. I mean, it doesn't go quite yes. as far as it, the baseline, yes. but it's coming down pretty sharply. Is that realistic? I wonder. Well, that's that's from what we've seen so far, isn't it? Mm. And we, we've seen that. You've probably seen that 
how our freight costs ramped up significantly, remember that, and how they fell, in absolute level fell, and they're all back to where they were before before the pandemic now. So as you say, the, grad, the gradient up and the gradient down were all, almost of equal uh, quantum. But we're, so, we're a bit um, early on the downward path to extrapolate it all the way down, though, aren't we? Indeed, and uh, very early in, in as far as service sector is concerned yeah. and the wages side of the economy, and that remains the real concern of, um, of uh, central banks right now, uh, particularly... Uh, in uh, at the ECB, the Bank of England, and uh, and the Fed, of course, and what's happening to unit labour costs, and is policy tight enough to slow the economy sufficiently to uh, to keep to get unit labour costs in check with their inflation target? And the answer to that is, we still don't know at this stage. But we think the the Fed's a lot closer to that point than the other two central banks. Well, uh, they are very hawkish, aren't they? Isabel Snadel gave a presentation overnight as well. She used exactly the same slide pack <laughs> uh, and uh, basically was saying, yes, core inflation hasn't turned around as much as the headline inflation, so rate cuts are highly unlikely in the foreseeable future. Is that Indeed, that was a common message, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Philip Lane didn't give too much away. Uh, I did get Gavin to count those slides for me, and he said there were 50 slides in that slide pack. Oh, right, okay. So there's no end of joy there for, uh, for nighttime <laughs> readers. Uh, but, but the message from uh, a litany of ECB speakers was pretty much, apart from Philip Lane and even Isabel Schnabel, who's usually the voice of, of reason, you know, talking down the prospect of rate cuts. You've had Kazakhs from Latvia, uh, Val from Slovenia, Casimir from Slovakia, uh, Nagel, you know, the Bundesbank president, sort of batting back against ideas that the, the ECB is going to be one, uh, is, is, is near done. They're not pausing. Uh, they're going to keep on increasing interest rates and to think that they'll be cutting by early next year, which the market is beginning to price now, is far too premature in, in that view. So, and of course, we know that the, the ECB curve is following to an extent. Uh, what's been happening in the US. And the other interesting thing, of course, is the market really was surprised with those comments about the forceful forceful transmission of monetary policy, you know, through monetary and financing conditions that we were talking about last week. Mm. And I think that really resonated with the market. But when you actually look at the bank lending survey, Phil, from the ECB, it clearly shows that the, 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 the demand for loans and loan growth really has come off a lot over the past year, and credit conditions did tighten, but they tightened earlier. If you actually look at the last one of his surveys, they haven't actually tightened further. So is that that, that, um, that you know, they're not faced with quite the same banking challenges as what we've seen in the US, and maybe they're recalibrating, you know, how tight conditions need to be. And we have seen those services PMIs pick up in recent months. So I think that out- outlook is just a little bit, less negative than what some of that initial impression might have been after hearing about those that forceful transmission of monetary policy. Time will tell. Well, the big question today, obviously, is where is inflation in the US? Indeed. I mean, it is interesting looking at inflation, just finishing off on inflation in Europe, one of those figures there. I mean, you're right about those. It's an interesting chart. I think it's, I don't know what slide, that they should put slide numbers on them when you've got that many. Oh, slide four. Uh, it is uh, showing, yeah, exactly to your point, you know, the services number, the big green bar 
just not moving when you look at the contribution to headline inflation. Everything yes. else might be coming down, but uh, but services is sticking. And uh, yeah, and so until you see that coming down, I don't know how they're going to get that steep slide. Indeed. But anyway, big question for the US, apart from you know what CPI is going to come out in, in at uh, there today is uh, whether Biden and McCarthy are going to uh, come to some sort of resolution over the debt ceiling. I mean, they are they are meeting, they're mm. talking. Mm. If nothing is done, then they could default right at the beginning mm. of June. I don't think it's ever happened, does it? But we are just weeks away from perhaps it happening. Uh, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that they are going into these talks with their positions hardened. You know, it's going to be well, weeks, I think the, weeks of negotiation. I think negotiation. the market would like to be surprised, but um, given there were weeks away even from... The, uh, Janet Yellen's, you know, statement that could be as early as early June when they start really running out of cash. We'll see about that. But really, are we going to get a deal before then? Um, McCarthy is suggesting moment. that I don't want to kick the can down the road. I mean, there was talk. That- you see, we said why, why, yeah, why continue to kick the can down the road? He said, well, Indeed. the answer to that is because that's what you always do. <laughs> Why should this time that, be? Any that's different? what they'll end up doing, probably, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but they're not going to. If they do it today, I think the market will be surprised. I don't think the market's panicking just yet about this film, but it is serious. And of course, you've had John Williams from the Fed, and uh, you know, the, the, you know, Powell speaking last week about you know the US should be you know uh, honouring its debts and all, all of that sort of stuff, which is super important. But um, are we going to get a deal today? Well, mm. we'd like to be surprised. I believe yeah, it when I say it. That's not going to happen, is it? But we will see uh, the US CPI numbers later on today. So how choppy is the, the market response going to be to that, which, whichever way it turns? Well, I think there's a couple of elements. I mean, we, we're all sort of the analysts are looking at things like used car prices, which have pushed back up a bit recently. So that might be a, a positive thing. What's happening on the rent side, which has been a sort of a stoic element, you know, holding inflation up. Uh, the labour cost side still remains out there, and what's what's happening with um, retail and wholesale margins? And we'll probably hear a bit more about that with the PPI tomorrow. But the market's expecting virtually an unchanged headline inflation rate of five, and um, similarly for the core rate at five and a half. So the market's sort of tilted towards the consensus is poor, 0.4 for the core CPI, but there's quite a lot of point three and quite a lot of point four and a couple of point five so the median's as much point three as point four so if you've got a point four point five sorry the market wouldn't like that i think you know um but we'll see and there's another cpi before the next fed meeting too i think it might be the first day of the meeting next next right. month so more of that but, news but if it's come. a downside surprise, uh, I mean, is it one? Of, are we going to see a reaction come what may today? Well, I think so. If the market believes it, right? If unless it's a one-off type thing, something peculiar. But if we see sort of an improvement in rents that looks sustainable, um, you know, a reduction in rent costs, then obviously that would be positive. All right. Well, we'll leave it and see what it brings. Good to talk, Dave. We'll catch you again very soon. Thank you. Let's go. We'll do, Phil. I'm, I'm going to go back and uh, and listen to uh, to Easy Evie. I've got my I've wetting my appetite now. To <laughs> I've got uh, what. 10 or 12 minutes long, Part, wasn't parts, it? Parts one, two, and three, three yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it's going to take me all morning to get through all of that. Uh, we'll catch you again soon. Thanks, Dave. Good on you, Phil. There Cheers. we are, fitting the uh, stereotype perfectly this morning, aren't we? A couple of old geezers talking about how great music was back in the 70s. That's it from me. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. <laughs>